I believe it's relevant to where we are today uh, in, in culture and in society, the, the, the message of why Jesus, why we need Jesus. Um, and I've got answers to those questions this morning, but have you ever asked yourself why we need Jesus or why you need Jesus? Anybody ever asked that? Anybody had someone come up to them and say, why do, you need, why do I need Jesus? And so I think it's important to ask these questions. It's important that we know what we believe and why we believe it. And, uh, you know, I think it's also important to systematically go through everything that you believe personally and, and, and see why that is. And so we're going to answer those, those questions uh, this morning. 1 Peter 3.15 says this. It says, but give reverent honor in your hearts to the anointed one and treat him as the holy master of your lives. And if anyone asks about the hope living within you, always be ready to explain your faith. So we have to know why we believe. You know, I, I grew up in church all my life from the time I was, man, small to, to, to now. I've, I've been in church, and normally the, the answer to that question of why we need Jesus, we're taught so we can go to heaven. That's usually the, the answer, right? So you can go to heaven. But telling someone that if they follow Jesus so they can go to heaven is giving them a distant solution to their very present and real problems in life. And so people, I think, you know, they might get a little turned off um, from church because they're asking the right questions, but we're giving them the wrong answers. And so we're going to address that this morning. And so this morning, man, I'm not, I'm not talking about uh, going to heaven. Um, last week, Pastor... Um, he, he said something pretty powerful. He said that, uh, you know, the gospel isn't about getting you to heaven. It's about getting heaven inside of you. And so when he said that, my heart started beating really fast because I thought, I was like, man, this guy's going to, like, ruin my whole message. I've had, like, months of preparation trying to prepare something, you know, for 30 minutes, and then he's just going to destroy it all in, in, in a matter of minutes. But he, he didn't, so that was good because I wouldn't have had time to prepare anything else. But the excuse of heaven, uh, going to heaven, doesn't work in our culture. Um, people in our culture are very, um, they need something now. They need something that's going to help them now in their life. Uh, what do they call this? Like the information culture where everything is instant, like the microwave culture where, I mean, if I was to say something up here, uh, Pueblo has a population of 10 million people. Uh, I guarantee you probably half the room would pull out their phones and start typing and fact-checking everything that I'm saying because it's, it's right there with, like everything's instant. And so the, the idea of, of you know, uh, following Jesus so we can go to heaven, it just doesn't work in today's society and culture. The other day we were watching American Ninja Warrior with our boys, and, and we were watching on our TV. And our boys are so used to, like, Netflix and, and Hulu and uh, YouTube where everything is, like, right there at the, the push of a button. And the, the commercials were, 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 you know, interrupting. And they're like, oh, my gosh, Mom, what is going on? It's commercials, man. It's just like that culture that we live in where everything is, is instant. But there's a hurting world that, that needs Jesus um, right now, man. People have real-life issues, and they're searching for stuff that's going to change their life right now, not, not in the distant future. They need something right now. Uh, there's a statistic from marketresearch.com that I found, and it says, by 2022, the self-help industry is going to be worth $13.2 billion. $13.2 billion. So we know self-help is dieting, exercise, any type of mental help that uh, self-help books, 
you know, marriage stuff. And so that whole industry by 2022 is going to be worth $13.2 billion. And so that tells me that people are constantly searching for something. They're looking for something that's going to change their life um, right now. And if we can take what Jesus has done and relate it to today's culture, we can start to change people's lives. And we can start to change uh, the city and ultimately, hopefully, the world. So the message of, of Jesus and, and the gospel of grace in its pure form um, unites people. And, you know, I, I think in our society, um, we're so divided on so many different issues uh, politically. Um, you know, even in the church, if someone doesn't believe this way and they believe that way, then, you know, we're so divided. And so we need to relate the gospel so we can unite everyone and we can, we can begin to change people. I saw a video on, on, on uh, Facebook the other day uh, that, that illustrates this, where this, this kid was fishing on a dock, um, and his dad was kind of standing back away, and uh, it was a little kid, probably four years old, and he was fishing on a dock, and, and, and his dad was standing um, behind him with his phone, and he was videotaping it or whatever, and, um, and the kid caught a fish, and I guess it was his first fish, and he was all excited and you know, dancing around or whatever. And so I was like, man, that's a cool video. You know, that kind of brightened my day. Like, that's, that's pretty sweet. Uh, and then I scrolled down through the comments, and then, I mean, here, here they come, man, just the, the trolls. You know, Where's that kid's life vest? You know, how dare that father leave him by himself on the dock? What if he was to slip? What if he – it's just like, dude, calm down, man. Like, people are, are, are so divided nowadays. And so we're going to talk about how we take the gospel um, and the message of Jesus and um, – Make it relevant to today's culture. And Jesus knew this. In John 8, 12, Jesus says this. Uh, he says, it says that he spoke to the people and said, I am the light of the world. Uh, if you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. And so Jesus knew that if, if we followed him, uh, we wouldn't walk in darkness and we would have light in our life. And so how do we, you know, someone would read that and they say, well, what, you know, what does that mean to me? What is Jesus going to do for me? You know, and then some people might say, you know, my life's so messed up. Why do I need to bring something so confusing like church and Jesus into my life? If people, you know, if they come to church and they see people raising their hands and, you know, I, I've always thought, like, put myself in someone else's shoes who's not used to a church environment and they walk into church and they see people like, and they look up at the center like, what are they trying to grab because they don't know how to act in church you know and so whether you're a seasoned believer whether you've had uh you've been in church all your life or if you're if you're an atheist uh, anyone here an atheist don't raise your hand raise your hand maybe i've got friends that are atheists and i don't know they're good people they they're good positive people they add value to my life and you know and they don't think that god is real and a lot of times the god that they don't believe in I don't believe in either. And so we can find common ground. And so I believe there's going to be a day where there's a door open for me to talk to them about the true God, the God that we all believe in in this church. Amen. And so we're going to talk about that too. And I didn't say this before, but <laughs> I'll say this. I, I say this every time I get up here. Uh, if this is your first time and you get offended from something I say, um, come back next week and then leave the church so I can't get blamed for anyone leaving the church while pastor's gone. 
I, I say it every time because there's always something that, uh, that goes on. So um, anyway, so if you're here today and you're struggling with your faith or you know someone who's struggling um, and doesn't know the answer to why Jesus, or maybe you have, you know, the wrong answer to the right question, we're going to address that. John 14, 6, um, Jesus said this. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. So Jesus knew that he was the only way. The only way for anything in our lives is Jesus. And so we're going to look at that. So this morning I have four answers to the question of why we need Jesus in our lives. Why do we need Jesus? And um, as it relates to the current um, culture and rhythms of society, and it's, it's not just about going to heaven. I, I'm not going to talk about that this morning. I'm going to take the gospel and we're going to relate it to real life where people can see real results in their life. Because people are hurting in our world, man. And so um, as we answer those questions, uh, the first answer, why we need Jesus, is Jesus meets you right where you are. Jesus meets you right where you are. That's very important to realize that, 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 that um, there's nothing that we can be doing that Jesus doesn't want us to come to him. Uh, Matthew eleven twenty eight. Jesus says this. He says, come to me, all who are weary and heavily burdened by religious rituals that provide no peace, and I will give you rest, refreshing your souls with salvation. So if you look that word um, come up in the original uh, Greek language, it means come now. That's what that word means. It means come now. And so Jesus wants you to come to him right now, whatever you're in the middle of. Um, he accepts us where we are, in our addiction, in our brokenness. Um, even if you don't think he exists, he, he accepts you where you are. And so he wants you to come to him now. Even if you have a good life and everything seems to be going right, there's going to come a time where you're going to need Jesus. Everyone's going to need Jesus. So he wants you to come to him now. There, there's a common misconception um, that we need to like clean our lives up before we before we come to Jesus, that there's certain things that we might be involved in that we have to stop doing, and then Jesus will take us. That's not true. That, that's not true, it, because what's going to happen is, is when you come to Jesus, how you are, the way he, he wants it to be, is when you have an encounter with Jesus, your life is going to radically change, and, and you're going to feel this acceptance and this love that you've never felt uh, before in your life, if you felt like deep rejection, you know, that's what people are afraid of nowadays is, is rejection. Uh, Jesus is, will cure all that. You know, I've dealt with rejection in my life, um, you know, from the time I was a small boy, and I've never felt the acceptance that I have when I came to Jesus for who he really was. And so that's what he'll do. <clears throat> Answer number two, Jesus gives you a new perspective. Jesus gives you a new perspective. When I was in the Army, um, I was in the Army for about 10 years, and um, I deployed to Iraq and Afghanistan uh, numerous times. And we did all of our movements uh, and missions at night. Um, everything we did, we did at night. We didn't do anything during the day. We slept during the day. That's, that's about all we did. Uh, we slept, worked out, and ate during the day. And then the sun would go down. And we'd start the planning process. Uh, we'd plan the first half of the night, and then we would conduct our operations or whatever 
um, in the middle of the night. And so we had this room um, that we did all of our planning in. <clears throat> and it had a TV screen, a little bigger than that maybe, um, inside of that room. And so um, as we were sleeping during the day, they would figure out where we were going to go at night. And, uh, you know, we'd wake up and do everything. And so then we'd go in this room and we'd start planning. And on that screen was uh, our uh, objective. You know, they had, uh, I'm sure that the technology is probably way better now. It was like 12 years ago. Um, but it was a, uh, you know, they had intelligence for us. We pretty much had eyes on our objective through night vision. And so we could see the building that we were going to go um, hit that, that night. And so this one perspective that we had is all we had. And so we would base our whole operation off of that one perspective. Uh, everything we were going to do, um, how we were going to get there, where we were going to um, enter the building from, um, what we were going to do when we got there. And, you know, <clears throat> and so from that one perspective, we based everything off of, and then we would move out, and we would do the mission, and once we got on the ground where the actual objective was, everything would change, because we were looking at it through the perspective that it was supposed to be looked at through our, our own eyes, and a lot of times, the guys that we thought were on the roof with guns were kids with sticks, and um, doors were uh, shadows, and shadows were doors, and sometimes there would be nobody that we thought was on the roof, and there'd be five guys sleeping with, uh, you know... Uh, suicide vests and all this. So once we got on the ground and saw the objective the way it was supposed to be seen, our perspective changed. That's the same way with Jesus. He totally changes our perspective, and we see things the way they were supposed to be seen through the eyes of him. There's a story uh, in Mark, Mark um, 8.22, and Jesus uh, heals this blind man. We'll just start reading in verse 22, it says, When they arrived um, at that town, some people brought a blind man to Jesus, and they begged him to touch the man and heal him. Jesus took the man by the hand and led him out of the village. And I, I think that's an important lesson there, that, that, that Jesus took him away from the village. Sometimes to get a new perspective, we have to get away from the noise and get outside by ourselves with Jesus to get a new perspective so Jesus took him out of the village, and then uh, spitting on the man's hands, he laid, or spitting on the man's eyes, he laid hands on him and asked, can you see anything now? And the man looked around and said, yes. Uh, he said, I see people, but I can't see them very clearly. And then, you know, they said they looked like trees walking around. Then Jesus placed his hands on the man's eyes, and his eyes were open. He could see uh, his sight was completely restored, and he could see everything clearly. So this man had an encounter with Jesus, and when Jesus touched him, he saw stuff the way that it was supposed to be seen through his eyes. He had a new perspective. Um, Jesus gave him a totally different perspective, and that's what Jesus will do with us. And someone said, well, okay, well, how's that going to help me today? Um, because we change our perspective with our problems in life. It's no longer me and my problems. It's me, Jesus and my problems, and you're looking at stuff the way it was supposed to be seen, you know, just like whenever I was in the army, you know, we would see it from this little screen, this perspective, when we got on the ground, we saw stuff the way it was supposed to be seen, how we were standing there looking at it with our, 
you know, our human eye. That's what Jesus will do. He'll give you a new perspective. Um, he'll give you a new identity. Uh, pull up um, Ephesians 2.10. There it is. It says, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Jesus Christ so we can do the things he planned for us long ago. When we get a hold of Jesus, our perspective changes and we start looking at ourselves as God's masterpiece. It doesn't matter what we're doing. It doesn't matter where we are. It doesn't matter what we're involved in. We realize the greatness that God has placed on the inside of us and we're able to step out and do things because we see ourselves from a different perspective, a new identity. Number three, Jesus will give you confidence throughout life. Jesus will give you confidence throughout life. You'll begin to do things and step out and do things that you didn't think were possible. There's a story um, in Matthew 14, 24. It's the story of, of, of Peter um, and he stepped out of the boat, right? And, and so it, it starts off, uh, we're not going to read this whole thing, but um, Jesus, it was 3 o'clock in the morning, and Jesus was walking towards them, and they were out on, on a boat in a storm. And Jesus was out there in the middle of the storm at 3 o'clock in the morning. Um, it says he was walking toward them, and the, and, and the disciples saw him walking on water, and they were terrified. Um, and they said, it's a ghost, I guess they had ghosts back then. I don't know. <laughs> then Jesus said, don't be afraid. And he said, take courage. I am here. And then Peter, something happened on the inside of Peter. Um, when, you know, there's a storm going. It's crazy. They're in the ocean. It's a boat. It's scary. But he sees Jesus in the middle of this storm. And something happens on the inside of him where, where, where he, he has this bright idea of, like, I'm going to get out of this boat and walk on the water. I, I, I told the first service, <laughs> he got out of the boat on the ocean in a storm. My wife wouldn't even get in a boat on the ocean when there's not a storm. <laughs> she doesn't like the ocean. So he gets out of the boat, and, uh, you know, he starts walking on the water. And then he starts sinking. He realizes what's going on around him, and he starts sinking. And right when he starts sinking, Jesus is right there to pick him up. And so the point of that is that, that, that Peter, uh, that Jesus gave Peter um, new confidence to step out and do something that he thought was impossible. And because of this encounter he had with Jesus, I mean, the, the, I, I can't imagine the storm that was going on. I, I, I think of like Deadliest Catch. Anyone watch that show? Deadliest Catch? Yeah. Uh, I mean, these waves are like 30 foot. And I don't know if it was that bad, but, I mean, and this dude wanted to walk out on the water because he saw Jesus. Something happened on the inside of him. And so the confidence to step out, he will increase your capabilities. He will um, improve your mindset, and you'll be doing stuff that you didn't think was possible. I'm living proof of this. Just standing up here, um, me being up here is a miracle, but especially me being up here talking to you in a church uh, is, is, is crazy. Uh, I would have never thought that I would have, I would have been doing something like this, but it's not my confidence that's allowing me to do this. It's a, it's a newfound confidence that I found in Jesus that's allowing me to step out and actually do something like this. Um, four or five years ago, you can ask my wife, uh, if just the thought of, of pastor Mike or anyone like looking at me and saying something, I would, 
my heart would start beating. I would start sweating and stuff. But now it's, it's, there's a newfound confidence that I have. And so Jesus will give you that confidence. I, I, I took the boys hiking one time. Um, and uh, <laughs> I, like, I like getting our kids um, in uncomfortable situations. I like putting our, our kids in uncomfortable situations. Because when you step out of your comfort zone and you're uncomfortable, that's what happens. Growth happens in that period right there. And so um, we try to put our kids in, I mean, not, you know, not. Calm down. We're not. We're not. You know, putting their you know safety at risk. But we like them to be a little uncomfortable, because that's where growth happens. And so I took him uh, hiking. Uh, Easton, he's back there, um, and and our other one, uh, Levi. We we hiked uh, about a mile into the woods, and um, and I turned to Easton. And I gave him the compass, and I said, "Okay, take us home. You're in charge." And he looked, his eyes got red. I said, "Go ahead, man. I'm." You're in charge. Take us home. It's time to go home. And, uh, you know, he looked. It was a north-south type thing, so it was very easy. Uh, but um, he took the compass, and he, he looked at it and everything, and I said, we'll follow you, man. You're in charge. Take us home. And, uh, and he began to walk. And the, the, just me being there with him, the, the confidence that he had, just me being there, his confidence boosted his, you know, his kind of, uh, he got upright and, and he knew that no matter what he walked through, that I'd be right there with him. And he, the, the confidence uh, and the mindset that, that he got from just me being there was, was, was amazing. And I mean, obviously we made it back home. <laughs> but that's what Jesus will do us. Getting, <laughs> due to us, getting a hold of Jesus uh, is a constant evolvement of comfort zone and confidence where you're constantly being pushed, you're constantly stepping out. Uh, in everyday life, the problems you thought were big are nothing. They're small because it's you and Jesus. Um, you'll begin to step out in ways you never thought you would because you realize the greatness that has been placed on the inside of you. You realize that it's not you that's, that's you know, you don't have to look at yourself. You look at your confidence that you get through Jesus. So, the last one. I told you it's going to be short and sweet. The last one, and I, it's the most important one. Uh, Jesus will redefine your love for others. You know, the world's issues can be solved by love. The love, as, <laughs> that, that, that's it. We were talking with some friends uh, the other day, and he said, you know, there was a sermon or something from someone about love, and, and they said, that's it, man, just love. It's so true. The the world's issues can all be solved by love. People will debate that war is necessary. I, I, I'm not going to debate what's necessary or, or, or whatever. You know, I've, I've seen um, the worst parts of, of war. And, you know, and there's people in this room that I know have also seen the worst parts uh, of, of war. And, and when a person sees hate, and violence at its worst, the only conclusion you can come to as a sensible, sane human being is love is the only answer. Like, you can't, there's a, there's a quote that I love. Uh, it's by Martin Luther King Jr. It says, darkness cannot drive out darkness. Um, only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. So love is the answer. And we know the Bible says that God is love. And so love in its pure form is the only answer for the world. 
Um, you know, and we should never write people off by, you know, because of certain, like, viewpoints or lifestyles. You know, we should, <laughs> I, I, I don't want to get too much in this, but we should never just write people off just because they believe a certain way, because they act a certain way, because they live a certain way. Um, love is the only answer. There's a story in uh, Luke 19. It's, um, it's about a guy named uh, Zacchaeus, um, and, and he's a short, a short guy. Um, and I, I can definitely relate to that being short. And, uh, and so this guy was a, uh, a tax collector, a chief tax collector is what they called him. And back in those days, um, you know, we've heard this before, but back in those days, uh, the tax collectors, they worked for the Romans. They were Jews, and they worked for the Romans. And so they would go to their own people, and they would uh, get what the Roman, the taxes that the Romans required and they would uh, get a little more, and then they would go back to the Romans, and they would give the Romans what they were owed, and then they would keep the rest, and so these were very rich people, and they were the most hated people of that time, because they were, um, man, they were just um, pretty much threw their own people under the bus uh, constantly, and so people hated these people, but this guy, something about Jesus drew this guy um, you know, to Jesus, and he wanted to see him, and, and so he heard Jesus was walking down the road, and so he, he was short, and so he climbed up in this tree so he could see Jesus, and, uh, and it says that, that, that Jesus uh, walked up to him and said, you know, come down from the tree, um, I'm going to come to your house, you know, I'm going to come to your house, I'm going to eat, and it kind of took that guy back, and then, you know, here come all the haters, you know, like, oh, what's he doing, you know, he's, he's you know, uh, being the guest of a notorious sinner, and this and that, and it's just crazy, people are crazy, but, uh, and so, um, the point of that story that I want to make is that, is that Zacchaeus, when Jesus was there, something happened on the inside of him, something happened on the inside of him, he says, uh, verse 8, he says, I will give half my wealth to the poor. And if I've cheated people on their taxes, um, I will give them back four times as much. And Jesus responded and said, salvation has come to this home. Uh, this man showed himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and save those who are lost. And so when, Jesus had, or so when Zacchaeus had an encounter with Jesus, it totally transformed his love for others. I mean, he gave four times as much what he took. He didn't have to do that. I mean, just giving back what he took would have been fine. But he gave four times as much, and he gave half of his wealth. And so it redefined his love for other people. You know, and uh, I had a big problem with this one, uh, you know, in, in my earlier life. I used to be the most judgmental um, person you ever met. If you didn't look like me, if you didn't act like me, if you didn't do what I did, if you didn't um, talk like I did, then, then I would just write you off. I would base people, I would judge people based on their, their actions and their lifestyle, but Jesus has totally transformed how I look at people. Um, you know, I look at people as, as God's masterpiece, and, and you know, in, in our culture, in our society today, um, if we can show people how to get a hold of Jesus, and we can relate to the message of Jesus as it's relevant to today's culture, we'll begin to see change in our city and hopefully our world. Let's everybody stand real quick.
I talk today about, about Jesus, um, you know, it's not, it's not magic following Jesus. It's not, it's not about saying a, a magical prayer and, and going to some <laughs> distant land. There's no Harry Potter wand that you're going to wave and all your problems are going to be, you know, magically go away. <laughs> magically go away. It's, uh, it's, it's going to change your perspective. It's going to change your love for people, and it's going to change your mindset. And when we realize that, that, that it's not just about going to heaven. It's about solving your problems now. It's about partnering with someone that's going to walk with you through everything right now. Stuff will begin to change. It's love in its purest form.